Ephesians 4.30 says that you and I, if we are believers, have been sealed unto the day of redemption. What does that mean? And what is this mysterious thing called the seal of the living God? Find out on this episode of Discover Your Spiritual Identity. It's time to discover your spiritual identity with your host, Mike Shree. There are hundreds of names and titles given to God's people that powerfully reveal who you are, why you exist, and what your purpose is in this world. Each one pulls back the veil of a different aspect of who you are in Christ. Once you learn these names and titles and apply them to your life, you will rise up boldly to be all that God has called you to be. Are you ready? Here's Mike Shree. The Bible talks about something very mysterious called the seal of the living God. And I believe as we unravel this mystery, as we dig into this treasure, it's going to astound you and it's going to enrich you. Let's go to our beginning scripture, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. In him you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Again, that's Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And in Revelation chapter 7, verse 4, God talks about his last day's remnant, and he refers to them as the sealed. And so this particular calling, this particular portion of our inheritance is especially going to be revealed as this age comes to a close. And I'll talk more about that later. But let's break down these first two verses. What is a seal anyway? There are many different types of seals used for a variety of purposes purposes like wax seals that are poured into jars containing vegetables or fruits, or rubber seals that safeguard different parts of an automobile or other machinery. Usually, these seals serve a dual purpose, and that is to keep corruptive influences on the outside from getting in and to keep valuable things on the inside from leaking out. However, that's not what the Bible's talking about when it uses the word seal, even though there is an application of that, because I do believe God wants to keep you, to preserve you from the world infiltrating your heart and your mind with his corruptive influences, and he wants to prevent the good things he's deposited in you from leaking out. So, A seal does accomplish that, even though the biblical kind of seal is something completely different. Scripturally, a seal is a device made of stone or precious stones, gold, silver, some kind of precious metal, or any kind of hard substance that contains a raised or an inset engraving a raised engraving, or an inset engraving. And if this seal is pressed into a soft substance like clay 
or wax or even paper that yields to its influence, it leaves an impression. And that impression is an exact representation of the image that is on the seal. And we're going to see that's very important. We still use seals today, corporate seals, notary public seals. All those are important parts of business transactions and verification of documents showing that they are authentic and authoritative. So seals still have a place in our society. However, it's different when you dig back into the Bible and see how absolutely necessary it was. It was not an optional thing. It was a necessary thing to have a seal if you were involved in business. To do any kind of transactions, there had to be something, some kind of seal that would prove a transaction authentic and real and authoritative. And that has symbolic value, tremendous symbolic value. Now, usually in Old Testament times, a seal was worn on a necklace close to the heart in order to keep it safe. That was the least likely place for it to be stolen. Or it was mounted on a ring. And when a seal was mounted on a ring, it was called a signet ring. And notice how the word signet is very much related to the word signature. Because just like a signature is a representation of your will, something you've chosen to write, chosen to sign your name to, to accept, to enter into some kind of agreement, some kind of um, a business transaction, you sign your signature. Well, a signet ring did the same thing and uh, was very much a demand in Jesus' day and prior to that. It was something that was expected and something that was necessary in order for certainty and a sure to assure uh, uh, an assured state of mind to be in the hearts of those that uh, enter into some kind of agreement. Now, let me give you an example in the Bible of a time when signet rings were used to show you the nature of the application of this thing. And we're going back to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6, verse 17 where Daniel, of course, committed the terrible crime of praying to the true God, to the living God, when a decree went out in all the land that no one was to make a petition of anyone except the king of Persia. And it was an unjust command, and so Daniel disregarded it. There is a point where we must obey God and not man. And that dismisses Romans chapter 13 when it ever reaches that point. But we have to be willing to suffer the consequences. And Daniel was. He was thrown into a den of lions. And I like to say that the lions were really in Daniel's den. Daniel wasn't in the lion's den. He was in authority there because the authority of God was vested in him. And the favor of God was upon him. But listen to the scripture narrating that story. It says, a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it 
with his own signet ring and with the signets of his lords. Listen to the next phrase, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. So the king sealed it, most likely maybe some clay or something similar. A soft substance was placed on the stone that was rolled over the cave's mouth, and it lapped over to the side so that it could be easily seen if someone tried to move that stone. And it was the king's way of saying he had authorized this execution, but when he put his seal in the substance that was used to seal the stone to the cave's mouth, It would have been a warning to anyone, you can't go in this place to try and save Daniel because the king has authorized this and he's the highest authority in the land. So he did that so that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. If an evil king making an evil choice could bear that kind of authority and indicate it with a seal, a signet ring, How much more powerful it is to imagine the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords putting a seal on your life, transferring a seal to your life, and that's his way of saying no unauthorized entrance. He's saying, I have predetermined this life. I have a predestined plan for this life. I have ordained steps ahead of this life. And nothing and no one can hinder my purpose in this life. That the purpose of God concerning you and concerning me might not be changed. If it was effective for the king of Persia, it's certainly effective, even more so for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, let me take you to Jeremiah, because there's something really interesting in Jeremiah's writings. And I want you to remember as we proceed that a seal transfers an image. And we're going to get to that in just a few moments. But just like the seal on that cave was identified with the king that wanted Daniel executed, so the seal on your life bears an image that identifies you with the king of kings who wants you to live in your purpose and no weapon formed against you prospering. Praise God for that. So let's go to Jeremiah's writings. This is powerful. All right, this is when Jeremiah decided to purchase from Hanamel, uh, his nephew, I believe it was, a certain piece of property. And it was illogical to do that. It was really absurd to do that because Jeremiah had already prophesied they were going to be attacked by the Babylonians and they would be carried into Babylon for 70 years. He gave the exact number of decades they would be imprisoned and enslaved in that nation. And so it's not a good time to be investing in real estate, right? And yet, Jeremiah had a purpose. When they were involved in the transaction, 
Jeremiah said, take these deeds, both this purchase deed, which is sealed. That means it was on a scroll and there was a seal placed on it. So it could be clearly known if someone opened it up and, and changed some of the uh, language. Uh, and, and so when it was sealed, it was protected. The original purpose was protected. And when you get sealed, God's original purpose for you is protected. That not only means his plan for your future, but his original purpose in the very beginning was let us make man in our image after our likeness. God protects that to such degree that Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. So God watches over his original purpose in those he has sealed. So much so that the worst things that happen to you in life have some of the best outcomes once God has his way. He's a genius at turning curses into blessings at turning darkness into light. He proved that in the beginning and turning negatives into positives. But anyway, listen to what Jeremiah said. Take these deeds. There were two deeds, one which was sealed and one which was open. Anyone could open it and look at it. And if it was ever questioned, they could break the seal on the other one and verify that it was according to the original intent. All right, take this deed which is open and this deed which is sealed and put them in an earthen vessel that they may last many days. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. And so that was Jeremiah's way of saying that I'm buying this land because I'm coming back. And it's going to be waiting on me. And so protect the agreement, put it in a jar, seal it up, make sure that it can last seven decades because I'm coming back and I'm going to take what belongs to me. Well, that just translates me into something even higher and greater and better because I believe when Jesus put a seal on your life, if you're a born-again believer, and when he put a seal on my life, when I was born again in the fall of 1970, wow, he put a seal on me over 50 years ago. It was his way of also saying, I'm coming back. I'm going to come back to this world and I'm going to reclaim that which is my own. And in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be raised from the dead or translated as living believers into glorified saints of the Most High God. We are his property in a sense. We are uh, a possession, a treasured possession, according to the word of God. Now, let's go to John chapter 6. This is the only scripture that I found that talks about Jesus being a sealed individual. Listen to it. This was right after he had multiplied the loaves and fishes and had a whole entourage of thousands of people following him because they wanted free meals. They weren't 
all in love with his teaching, but they really liked the idea of not having to work and just sitting around and listening to him and then getting the free food. They figured there'd be a repeat of what he had done when he multiplied the loaves and fishes, I suppose. Now, not all of them had that attitude for certain, but uh, some of them must have because of the way Jesus responded. He said, do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. So there's two really rich things there. First of all, because the Father had set his seal on the Son, he had something of eternal value to give away. Listen to it again. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. If you are a sealed son of God, if you are a sealed daughter of God, you have things of eternal value to give away. You have understanding, insight, wisdom, knowledge, power, authority, grace, the goodness of God flowing like a river through your life. You have the power and the potential of changing other people's lives dramatically. A treasure has been deposited out of you, in you, and needs to be brought out of you. Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So a good sign that you're truly sealed is the positive impact you have on the world around you. Also, I believe the fact that a seal involves an image that is identified with the one who owns it speaks a really deep message here. Because Jesus, the Bible says in Colossians 1.15, was the image of the invisible God. The image of the invisible God. Think of that. If you want to see the joy of the Father, look at the Son. If you want to see the love of the Father, look at the Son. If you want to see the peace of the Father, look at the Son. If you want to see the authority of the Father demonstrated, look at the Son. Because the image of the Father was exactly, exactly reproduced in the Son. So much so that Jesus said, He who has seen me has seen my Father. Isn't that incredible? He who has seen me has seen my Father. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, Jesus is referred to as the express image of his person. In other words, the personality of the Father was expressed in the Son. And the Greek word translated uh, person or express, image, uh, the word translated image in Hebrews 1.3 is character, from which we get the word character. And so the character of the Father was deposited in the Son and fully manifested in the Son. He was God manifested in the flesh. And that was an outflow, so to speak, of the fact that the Father sealed him. And also the seal was a protective thing. 
just like a seal would prevent people from breaking into a doorway or a document that is secreted in some way or for some purpose. So Jesus was sealed. They tried to kill him right after he announced his ministry in the synagogue at Nazareth. And the Bible said he walked right through them. He didn't run. He didn't turn around and run for his life. He just walked right through them. It wasn't time because if you're a sealed man, if you're a sealed woman, nothing is going to take you out of this world until the appointed time. My wife and I both have faced what should have been the end of our lives a number of times since we were saved. But God has preserved us because we are sealed. And I could tell you stories that are hair-raising stories, the danger of the situation. We were on a plane where an engine blew up and uh, two other engines failed and we got off the tarmac on the strength of one engine and they wrote it up in the Jerusalem Post the next day and said it was impossible. There's no way that big jumbo jet could have made it off the runway. It should have crashed at the end of the runway but it was full of about 500 believers. And the Jerusalem Post newspaper said, all we know is the jet was full of Christians returning uh, to their home from the Feast of Tabernacles. And when they prayed, the plane became airlocked because there was a bunch of sealed people in there and it was not time for them to die. And so you can walk in confidence. If you realize this, you can be all the more assured that God's going to protect you. Psalm 121, the Lord is your keeper. I read that psalm often. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 21 and 22 say, Now he who establishes us with you and has anointed us is God who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Keep that in your mind as I go to the next scripture. He who establishes us with you and has anointed us and who has also sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee is the one we look to with trust in our hearts. He establishes us, he anoints us, he seals us, and he's guaranteed he's going to stick with us. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you always. I have a picture here of me when I was about a year old, and my father, who was a naval commander, has me up on his shoulders. That's my older sister standing in the background, sweet Winnie. And uh, I, I was a vulnerable little child. I couldn't fend for myself. But when I came into this world, my father made a lifelong commitment in his heart of hearts to bear me up and to provide for me and to get me to a place of maturity myself so that I could function in this world effectively and successfully. And he kept that commitment. And what dawned on me as I was about to do this podcast is if my father, who for many years did not know the Lord, in fact, he didn't know the Lord until 12 years after I was saved, but if he could still make that kind of commitment to me as a little child and be that father figure there for me for my entire life up to the point where he went on to heaven, then how much more is my heavenly father going to carry me? How much more is the heavenly father going to carry you if you're a sealed person? He's going to establish you, 
anoint you and give you the guarantee. Okay, now this is what I wanted to work toward. Going back to Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, and this is going to tie it all together and complete it. In him, keep that phrase in your mind, in him. You also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom, keep that in your mind, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. In the King James Version, it says that the Holy Spirit of promise is the earnest of our inheritance. What is an earnest? An earnest is like a down payment. Have you ever put a down payment on something? Have you ever put an item of merchandise on layaway? You go to the layaway station in the store, if they've got one set up just for that purpose. You give a certain amount of money uh, that is required for that item, not the full price, and they put it in some kind of container or mark your name on the bag, and it's reserved there for you. No one can touch it or take it, And your earnest money, your guarantee, is a way of saying, I'll be back and I'll pay the rest of the price off and I'll secure that item of merchandise fully unto myself. Well, that's what God meant when he put the Spirit in your heart and in your life. He gave you the Holy Spirit a promise. There are 7,487 promises in God's word. When the Holy Spirit came into you, it was like 7,487 beams of light, like spotlights suddenly lit up your life, waiting for an opportunity to be fulfilled. That's a name for the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit activates the promises of God. And he is the guarantee of our inheritance. What's our inheritance? Read the book of Revelation. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, the Bible says. What a mind-blowing statement. He's the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now, I want you to see the two times I told you to remember a phrase was in him and in whom, at least in this particular scripture. Because if you are in Christ... If you are in him, you are under his headship. And as he is, so are we in this world. Whatever he is, downloads, in a sense, into our lives. And if he was sealed by the Father, that right, that privilege, downloads into our lives too, and we are sealed with the Father. And if the seal was an impartation of an image that identified itself with the owner of the image, then when you receive a seal, it's the image of the nature and the character of God being transferred to you. That's what preserves you from the world because the nature of God in you is stronger than the nature of the world around you and the nature of the enemy that has infiltrated the world. So what if hatred comes against you? The love of God in you is stronger. So what if anxiety comes against you? The peace of God in you is stronger. So what if confusion comes against you? Mental stability that's been given to you inside is stronger. The seal is much stronger than all that opposes it. And it is the guarantee that what God started in us, he's going to finish. He will keep that which is committed unto him against that day. Now, I've got to end this. 
Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. that says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. What is the day of redemption? Three things. It was the day you got saved when your spirit was redeemed fully. New creation in Christ, brand new spirit inside of you. It's in a constant state of being redeemed soulishly because every day God is pulling you back from negative influences. But ultimately, the day of redemption, in the highest sense, is the day of resurrection. Because the Bible said we groan within ourselves waiting for the redemption of our bodies. That's the ultimate act of redemption. And God has sealed us unto the day of redemption. And you find that promise in Romans chapter 8 also. So God intends to get you there. God intends to get you all the way. You are sealed with the character of God to protect you from the evil of the world's influence on your journey to that moment when you're changed into his image completely at the resurrection of the dead in the translation of living believers. Now, we are in a very tumultuous time, and I'll end with this. We're in a very tumultuous time, the last days. But I have read in Revelation chapter 7, and it's a tremendous passage of Scripture. You should read it. John saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, on the sea, or any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. Remember, the mark of the beast will be on the forehead. The seal of God will be on the forehead. So there's a similarity there, and there's a connection there, and we'll get to it in just a moment. And then in verse 4, in the Darby translation, it says, I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed out of every tribe of the sons of Israel. And then after this, John said, Lo, I beheld a great multitude which no man could number. Of all nations, kindreds, people, and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. I believe, even though it's not clearly stated, that not only were the 144,000 sealed, all this great multitude were sealed individuals also. Because if they're among the redeemed, they have been sealed. Hallelujah. And finally, in the book of Revelation, you can read, about how in that final ultimate state in the throne room of God with the river of life flowing from the throne and the tree of life there, the Bible said the name of Jesus will be in our foreheads. So ultimately, the seal is not just his character, but his own person. It's the fact that our spirits and his spirit have become one. And Jesus is forever engraved into our being so that his image is fully transferred to us. Now, if you want to know more about it, more details about this revelation, go to my website, my comparative religion website, thetruelight.net, and look under biblical writings. And I have an article there on the mystery of the seal of God. 
Thank you for listening to Discover Your Spiritual Identity with Mike Shree, a podcast designed to cause a spiritual awakening in your life. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can go deeper into this amazing revelation of the names God has given His people by getting your copy of Mike Shreve's book titled, Who Am I? Dynamic Declarations of Who You Are in Christ. We also invite you to visit our website, shreveministries.org, and sign up to be part of our global internet family, a group of on-fire believers who are bold to proclaim, I am who God says I am, I have what God says I have, and I will be what God says I will be.